This podcast episode mentions active military duty, the passing of a loved one during active military duty, and suicidal ideations. These are our personal stories, and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Thank you for joining us today. Today we have Betty, who's going to share her story about resiliency. And also joining us is Regan, her daughter, who you might hear chime in here and there um, as we're talking with Betty. So Betty, why don't you kick it off and start sharing a little bit of your background, um, which really plays into your resiliency. Well, thank you. This is an honor to be able to do this. And uh, I, I uh, like telling my story, actually. Um, my background is that I am a registered nurse, um, have been for 57 years, and I'm still working. Um, <laughs> I don't either don't have enough sense to retire or um, I'm terrified of what would happen if I did retire. So. And as her daughter, we don't let her, we won't let her. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's kind of my background. I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I had a mom and a dad and a brother. Uh, we moved to California when it was still nice in 1961. And uh, there I stayed for a long time. I went to nursing school there and uh, actually met Regan's dad, the love of my life, my drop dead gorgeous Navy pilot husband. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were married in 1966. We had three children, uh, James or Jimmy, Shannon, uh, and Regan, um, and that was the total of our family. Um, Biff was a Navy pilot. He graduated from Arizona State and immediately went in to be a, a hotshot pilot, was stationed at Naval Air Station Miramar, which you may know of as Top Gun School mm. in uh, San Diego. Uh, he was not a Top Gun, but he flew a hot jet, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he started off as a uh, as, as a back seat in the F4 Phantom, which I don't even think they're around anymore. But you know, uh, F4 Phantom, and uh, he and his pilot shot down uh, two MiG 21s, which mm-hmm. during the Vietnam War was um, was only was not easy to do. Um, they only got credit for one, although they're pretty sure they saw it go in the ocean. It couldn't be verified. <laughs> so anyway, let's. Uh, that was in 1969. So let's fast forward now, can we? Mm-hmm. So let me take you to uh, June 9th, 1971. And I was in Phoenix visiting my in-laws. We were stationed at Naval Air Station Lemoore in California. And I was visiting my in-laws. It was, it was a nice, warm June morning in Phoenix, uh, but you could still have the doors open. So I had the door open. I think I was making scrambled eggs for the kids and uh, could had a clear shot from the kitchen right to the front door. So uh, mom and dad uh, had gone off to work. Uh, some of the uh, in-law uh, brothers-in-law, sisters-in-law, blah, blah, blah. They were around, but they were still sleeping. 
the kids were up and running around and I'm cooking breakfast and I look out the front door and I see two uniformed naval officers mm. coming up mm-hmm. to the door. Mm. Um, I knew instantly, okay? Mm-hmm. It could only be, uh, and, and, and Biff, his name was James, Lieutenant James Borst, Lieutenant Commander James Borst. He, uh, he'd already gone. He left on the, on the 29th of May. So here we are 10 days later and uh, I see these Naval officers coming up. And anytime you see that in a movie, they, they dramatize it, but it's, it's filled with drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I immediately went to the door and I looked at the guys and I just looked at them and I said, I wasn't crying, I was just calm. And I said, is he dead or alive? And they said, can we come in? And I said, yeah, you can come in, but I, I need to know, is he dead or alive? Mm-hmm. And they came in and they, you know, very officially said, your husband, uh, Lieutenant James Raymond Bors, uh was killed in uh, uh, the Philippines on the 9th of June. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and I said, okay, here's the deal. I know that I'm entitled to a lot of stuff and I need it all. And the <laughs> Keiko, they, they're called casualty assistance calls officers, mm-hmm. um, uh, shortened to Keiko. And so the Keiko said to me, Mrs. Boris, don't you want to sit for a minute? And I said, you know, I really don't have time to sit. I need to get this going. I said, because what you need to understand, and I feel very sorry for you, is that my in-laws decided last night they were going to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. So... This poor, I looked at this poor guy and I said, can I get you a glass of water? <laughs> All right, it's only eight o'clock in the morning. Can I get you a beer? You know, but uh, so um, anyway, we went over some of the things that I knew that I needed and was entitled to. And so I was the primary next of kin. I had to be notified. So uh, then I sent my, my uh, brother-in-law to pick my mom, mother-in-law up at work. So he had to break the news to her. Mm-hmm. father-in-law was off we didn't know where and uh so we had to wait for him to come home because they had to notify primary next of kin and secondary next of kin his parents right mm-hmm. so that's what we did and I had uh so I'm you know all of a sudden you know I'm starting to get phone calls I'm making phone calls I'm calling people uh I'm trying to tell them what I need I wanted to know when was I have a body and You know, all of that stuff is going on all at once. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, Regan, my daughter, was a week shy of her first birthday. (laughs) And uh, she, people started coming to the door as soon as they knew. So let me just share a little bit about this little girl here. (laughs) People came to the door and of course they were very sad. I was still very calm. I, I didn't cry for a long time. But this little sweetie pie who was barely walking on her pins would go to the door and she'd smile and she'd hold her arms up. And all of a sudden, in the midst of all this death, here was this sweet little girl who was like such a dichotomy, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, she 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 probably doesn't realize how much resiliency she gave me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of fast forward here and it's her birthday and I'm cutting birthday cake. 
my son Jim was four and a half. My daughter Shannon was two and a half. And Lil Riggy, she's having her first birthday. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm cutting birthday cake. I'm making funeral arrangements because now I found out I do have a body. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we get the body. Um, we go through an extremely um, lovely funeral at the, at the family church. Um, and, and then a burial, uh, they don't do burials in, uh, in Phoenix on the same day because it's too hot in, mm. in the fall. So funeral one day, cemetery the next day, uh, some good friends came in and took care of, uh, of, uh, the kids for me, but I decided my son, Jim needed to go to the funeral with me and there wasn't a dry eye in the place mm. when. Um, when the naval officer, who was a good friend of mine, presented my son Jimmy with the folded flag. Mm-hmm. Now, that flag folding is everything that you see. And so, and I have that flag right here in my house. Okay. So um, I had a friend, I had a really good friend, and she had known my husband since they were five. And uh, she tells me they used to take baths together. So I guess I'll have to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and she, I love her to death. She was a pest. <laughs> she said, um, you need to get your hair done. I said, no, I don't. She said, you need to get your hair done. I've made you an appointment. You're getting your hair done and we're going to lunch. So, you know, she kept me going. She yeah. made me get out there. She made me go to lunch. She made me come to dinner. She um, really was a good pest, actually. And um, but one of the fun things that she and her husband did was to invite me to go down the Colorado River about two months after my husband was killed. Mm-hmm. Now you may think this a little strange. Here I am, a new widow, three little kids. But I thought, you know, this might be the best thing to get me through something. Now. Secretly, I think at one point in time, I wanted to die on that river. Mm-hmm. But you know, the funniest thing happened. I found a reason to live. Mm. And I have been down the Colorado River seven times uh, since 1971. The most recent trip was in 2013 when I was in my 70s. Mm-hmm. I was. 28 years old when I was widowed and I ran the Colorado River seven different times over the years. And uh, the sad part is I never got to go do the Colorado River with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to, I couldn't, I survived the next day. And I'm going to be honest with you about this too. I survived the day after being notified mm-hmm. because Regan had to have her diaper changed. So I had to get mm-hmm. up to bed. Mm-hmm. Change yeah. the baby's diaper, and then oh, guess what? They had to be fed. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was day to day to day things, and I don't remember thinking about anything except we're gonna make it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make it. We're gonna be okay. It isn't gonna be as much fun as I planned. Yeah. We're be okay. You know, we're gonna do fun things, and so then you know. I've always said this. So I had to go back to work eventually because I didn't need to support them in addition to the widow's benefits that I was getting. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so I went back to work as a nurse, but not really until they were in, uh, till they were in high school, I think. Or no, maybe it was a little, no, it was sooner than that. They were in grade school and I went back to work. Mm. So work kept me going. Uh, and the kids were the kids, you know, they got speeding tickets. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, things got broken around the house. Uh, they had friends that I really didn't approve of. Mm. Uh, but, you know, we we made a good life. We truly and honestly made a good life and stayed in Phoenix for a very long time. And then uh, I moved up in 1992. I said, I'm tired of the heat. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Prescott, Arizona. And mm-hmm. I have been here ever since then. And I'm, like you say, I'm still working. So um, resilience. I didn't even think about it. I just, <laughs> I didn't think about it. I just, I just said, we're going to make it the best life that we possibly, possibly can. And uh, I, uh, I had some abusive parents. So I said, okay, it stops here. No more abuse. And I kept that promise. Um, so I have been in Prescott, Arizona, or Prescott. If you're from here, you call it Prescott. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I am still working for a home health company. I don't do that day-to-day hospital stuff because I paid my dues. I don't need to do that. No more. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, my great love in nursing was cardiac nursing. And uh, I did a lot of that. A lot of ICU uh, a lot of uh, intensive care and a lot of uh, uh, progressive care units. And I, to this day, I still give, still go into senior living homes and give cardiac talks. So, wow. so that's some of the fun stuff that I do. And can you tell us a little bit about, um, I, I go to the Colorado River a lot. I am an Arizona native. Um, hey. Yay. <laughs> but I didn't know about the Colorado River until like 10 years ago. I won't tell you my age because that's embarrassing. I didn't even know it existed. I don't look at maps. Um, but can you tell people what that means when you say that you're going down the Colorado River? What does that entail? Okay, so let's go back to 1971 here for a couple of minutes. I knew that I knew that the Grand Canyon was in Colorado. I knew that. Arizona. I didn't Grand Canyon was in Arizona. I'm sorry, was in Arizona. <laughs> but I did not know. I, I had to ask. So, so are there rapids on that river? I asked. Mm-hmm. And I said, and and um, where uh, does that run through the Grand Canyon? Am I right about that? And they said, yeah. So I said, oh, okay. Now I know. Well, now I really know. But uh, I didn't know. So when you run the Colorado River from the beginning to the end. You start at a little place called Lee's Ferry because Glen Canyon Dam, which was built in the 50s, much to the consternation of a lot of people, that kind of almost took away the wild and free river that the Colorado was because the Colorado flooded great areas, okay, Mm -hmm. before Glen Canyon Dam, before Hoover Dam too. Yeah. You put in a place called Lee's Ferry and you run down that river in a pontoon boat or in a small pontoon boat and there are motors or you row and it's 320 miles through the most beautiful, beautiful 
place on earth. It's my favorite place in the whole world. Um, but it's 320 miles. It takes 10 days. Wow. There are rapids that run from uh, a zero to 10. And if it's a 10, it's a biggie. And mm -hmm. I, uh, I was even thrown out in a number 10. Wow. Um, but here I am. So that's a little more resiliency. I just, yeah. I put my feet, what I thought was downstream, held onto my, my river hat, uh, popped up after being in a washing machine gave yeah. it a thumbs up and I realized that my feet were pointed in the right direction and I had my hat I still had my sunglasses so. <laughs> <laughs> which However, trip I tell you that was that was a little bit of a rough patch there and I may have had too many cocktails that night <laughs> <laughs> now was that in 1971 or was that a different trip that was a different trip. That okay. was uh, probably a trip in 1972 or 73. 1971, I managed to stay in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> you get a chance, do it. I ran with a, with a private group, so my trips didn't cost me a lot of money. And oh, by the way, I worked the trip. I mean, I was the camp nurse. <laughs> Wow. I oh, cooking. yeah. Yeah. I did the cooking. I emptied the porta potties. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if anybody got hurt, I was the one that, that fixed them up. I made mm -hmm. up the first aid box and, and, uh, and all that stuff. And, and, uh, even on the last trip in 2013, um, That's I just great. have to say, um, as her daughter and her, her social schedule at her age is, um, more full than mine. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> She is lovingly known in Prescott as Nurse Betty. Oh. <laughs> so that I wanted to tie that in simply because of, you know, upon my father's death, she had nursing degree. And like she said, she used it and didn't use it. And then, but it, in her realizing it wasn't going to be the kids that got her through. It was, you know, other things. And so Betty has done such a fabulous job of like staying connected with friends the mm -hmm. friends she speaks of are still in her life if they're mm -hmm. alive. Um, and, and her job, like, I think that that's why we won't let her retire. Right. Because mm -hmm. she's giving back and being renewed in that way Yeah, that I think where her, those became her anchors. She probably doesn't even realize that or what that means to her family in watching, um, you know, what she's given us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I will tell you, too, that um, I am known in this community as Nurse Betty. And one of the reasons is because on the radio, the local radio station, a lot, uh, I will call in or I have done radio commercials, the company that I work for. So that's a whole other thing that I, <laughs> I mean, who knew? I didn't know. <laughs> but I, it's a lot of fun. And I, my friends are either being very nice or they want something, but they always tell me how good I sound on the radio. So, <laughs> yeah, and, that's uh, fun I, though. Uh, in addition to three children, I have eight grandchildren. Yay! Ranging in age from 26 down to 13, and the youngest one is Regan's son, who lives. He, they live here in Prescott, and he's my buddy. He's my buddy. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so we have a lot of fun together. So you mentioned complications, but I didn't hear any. I mean, I didn't, I don't know if you actually talked about them or if there well, were others. The big complication was that my in-laws decided they were going to get divorced. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's so huge. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> get to grieve. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to grieve because they took up a lot of my time. Oh man. And uh, so I didn't really get to grieve for a long time. And when I finally did get to grieve, I was with uh, loving friends and, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I, and I just let it go. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to cry. Um, I did cry. Um, I got over that wanting to die on the Colorado stuff, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that that the complication was that my in-laws were going to get a divorce. And that that was tough. It was a pretty devastating. And what the funny thing that she left out when she said, we didn't know where the father-in-law was. I, I almost piped in and said, he was probably at the local bar. Right. <laughs> and when um, he came, when he came home and was, and notified, I mean, he's a big man. And I knew this was going to devastate him. So I put my arms underneath him and he would, he was easily close to 300 pounds. And I knew that when I told him that he was going to collapse and he mm-hmm. did and mm. it took everything I had to hold him up. Mm. And he turned to my mother-in-law and said, you killed my son. Oh, so, oh, yes, oh. Yes, I didn't need to punctuate that, but oh, wow. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, there was a lot on my plate, you know, yeah. and the children were the least of the worries because they, they were doing okay. They were, eating and sleeping and pooping and doing all the things kids do, (laughs) you know, baby needed her diaper change. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that was the complication and I kind of made it as a, almost a punctuation, but yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big deal in the family and, uh, and uh, they didn't recover. The big deal was that, that Biff, that was what he was called died and uh, they never got over it. So. Yeah. Well, he was the eldest of five. I don't, yeah. we didn't mm-hmm. um, insert that, but like the eldest of five and a Navy pilot. And yeah. Um, so, you know, and I think the other thing she touched on it, but I mean, his siblings were in high school um, too. So, you know, the span was long yeah. between mm-hmm. him to the youngest. And, um, and so when she said they were still asleep, like they were like high school and college students and they mm-hmm. using a brother. So, but that is huge yeah. to, to decide right before, uh, right before a passing, but also it happens often right after a passing that mm-hmm. people yeah. make that decision too. Mm-hmm. So that's why I asked if they still got divorced because I thought maybe that it made well, some Well, they, they said changes. they thought they were going to stay together, but they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't yeah. be together, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and uh, they're both gone now. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no grandparents around. I'm the, I'm the grandma for heaven's sakes. I'm the grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you found out your husband died and then you're like, it's like survival mode, right? Like I'm sure. just I am going to do this one thing. I'm going to diaper the baby. Now I'm going to mm-hmm. feed people. I'm. It's like this. Okay, routine, routine, routine. Um, and then you go on this Colorado road, and you haven't been able to really grieve um, because you're in survival mode. There's chaos going on with the family, but 
you know, and you're trying to like your kids, you're like, okay, they're normal. Let <laughs> me just keep going through the motions right here. And then you go on the Colorado river trip and it's, I, I don't know, you have like this, um, clarity or something like, what was it that, you know, what it was that like kind of brought that out for you that like sense of, I don't know, maybe purpose or, um, clarity or like, I don't like, we're going to be okay. Well, here's the deal. That river has been flowing through that Canyon for thousands of years, millions of years. And I am on the Colorado. There's one spot where you go through some rocks that are 2 billion years old. Mm. And I looked at those rocks and I thought, Hmm, they're still here. I might live to be 80 or 90 years old, but I'm going to be as tough as those rocks. Mm-hmm. And those rocks were shiny and glistening in the sun and I said that's my inspiration I'm going to be just like those rocks I'm not going to be hard but I'm going to be tough I'm going to be I'm going to make it and the kids and I are going to make it there isn't any question in my mind and that I remember very clearly thinking of that and I think that may have been the first time I cried on the river Mm. Mm. so you see that Colorado River has uh She's a flowing and so am I. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people who um, talk about the importance of nature in like healing, in resilience, in all of those things. Um, it, it seems to be a common thing where people, for some reason, nature really resonates and brings mm-hmm. us like a sense of like, whew, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and peace, peace. Mm-hmm. 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 That's something else that I think I've heard a lot in your story that is um, so prominent and important to you is community. Even when you had your friend <laughs> who was pest, you know, like she's a pest because yeah. you're like, no, just leave me alone. Um, but between you know that friend and the other friends, your your avid social calendar, your um, family that you have, you know, like all of those is so important to who you are and. Um, and what you do, your job, all of it, like that community mm-hmm. surrounding you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, they say you can, if you can count your friends on one hand, you're blessed. Yeah. Well, I have to use two hands <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of toes. Okay. <laughs> so I really am blessed. I am blessed. And, uh, you know, God has blessed me with, with health and a strong faith. And that kept me going too, was my faith. And three fabulous children and now eight grandchildren that mm-hmm. <laughs> when I say, oh, gosh, I think I'm too old to do this. Uh, my youngest grandchild just jabs me and says, take that back. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's, it's, real, it's a real blessing. I've lived a, I've, uh, people would say I've had a hard life. Um, and I don't see it that way. I don't mm-hmm. see it. That way. Mm-hmm. I see it as a life that. I see it as the life I was given. Okay. Yeah. And the choices that I made, uh, made it a great life, a wonderful life. Yeah. Um, And, uh, um, I try to live it each day to the fullest. Um, and then that's, 
you know, I, I don't, I, there's not a whole lot else. And you know, when I depart this life, <laughs> when I depart this life, just, just say, gosh, didn't she have fun? Mm-hmm. that would be the greatest tribute in the world that mm-hmm. that I had fun that I enjoyed life that I was yeah. uh, that I was uh, a good mom okay um, that I was a good wife that uh, you know that I uh, that I kept my faith and um, there you go I don't know what else you could I don't know what mm-hmm. else but I think that's an incredible way to wrap up our whole like, I don't want nobody say another word <laughs> I'm teasing though <laughs> but, but well, the one thing she I have fun say, is amazing I'm sorry what I just want to say thank you it, it uh, I enjoyed uh, doing this and gosh I made notes but I didn't even refer to them so <laughs> <laughs> we are so so excited to have you Thank you for listening to And Life Happened. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will continue to listen to and like our podcast. If you would like to support our podcast, you can do so by sharing this with others to build our community of resilience. To stay updated on the latest information, please follow us at at and underscore life happened on Instagram. If you would like to share your life happened story of resilience, please complete the form in our Instagram bio. These are our personal stories, and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Thank you.